There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Michael Harris is the author of the number one best-selling book, Falling Down, Getting Up. He is a dynamic business coach, lifelong entrepreneur, yoga teacher, and co-founder of Endless Stages, a company dedicated to helping motivated authors, speakers, and experts get their voice, message, and story out into the world. Over the years, he's dived into photography, real estate, option trading, coaching, and yoga. Michael struggled and healed himself from chronic health conditions and is grateful that he's been able to take his personal challenges and help others find what inspires and motivates them. It was no surprise that Michael and I had so much in common with the adversities we've overcome in our lives, using them as the motivation to aim higher and help others along the way. Welcome, Michael, to The Ethical Evolution. I'm excited to be here, and I'm really happy to have finally uh, have met you. Yeah, same same here. Now, for those who don't know who you are and what you do, can you go ahead and tell us? Well, that, that's a pretty deep question, who <laughs> I am and, and what I do. Uh, I, I was listening to one of your previous um, interviews with Vince Kramer, mm. and I'm actually, uh, he has a show, and I'm on his show um, pretty soon as well. And I really like the way that he talked about we're, we're not going to leave until we know our why. Mm. So when, when, when you ask me who I am and I think about the why and I mean, you know, certainly at the deepest level I've learned and it took me some deep discovery to realize that I'm really here to help people with story. And the way that I do that, the way that I've learned to do that I've been a yoga teacher for over 30 years. I've owned studios. I've helped studios all around the world develop their marketing and attract and enroll new students. I've trained speakers. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I started picking blackberries as as a six-year-old and my mom would make the pies and I'd go around the neighborhood and sell it. I try to climb a butte every Weekend, I, I, I live in an area with lots of buttes and mountains, and as part of what I do, you know, some people can say, Bindi, that they're an engineer or they're a doctor or the lawyer. Mm. I'm none of that. Mm. If I were to get diagnosed, I think I would. they would probably say I have ADD. <laughs> However, I call it being passionately diverse. Mm. Definitely. So to make the long story a little shorter, I'm a passionately diverse, spiritual human being, loving every moment on earth. Wow. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. 
Now, you, you have done so much in your life already and and there's a million questions I could ask you right now just from what you just said. Um, but um, I guess one of the cool things um, that you do, you know, in helping people tell their story, um, many people just don't know how to tell their story or to connect with who they need to reach, do they? Um, how do you do it? Well, I, I believe that we already know everything that we need to know. Mm. It's just discovering how to use it, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I always like to ask people, and perhaps this is a question for your listeners too, I will ask you, Mm. when you were in grade school, maybe first, second, or third grade, did you ever have show and tell? Yeah. And you would get in front of the room and maybe you would tell a shorter story. Maybe some days you could tell a little longer story. Yeah. Yep. That's the first speaker training we started to have. Mm-hmm. And we learned right then and there how to be a speaker in front of people. Now, many of us, including myself, would forget some of that. But one of the things that I try to do when when I'm working with people on speaking, whether it's about fear or I can't do it or I don't have any stories, is just remind them that they already know how to do it. And they've done it ever since they were a little kid. Mm. Yeah. And in that show and tell moment, um, Mm. you're full of excitement and wonder, not fear uh, when you're, you know, six years old, right? Um, Right. But later in life when you then got to get up in front of hundreds of people, the whole world is different, isn't it? Like you are full of fear. Um, You think that everyone's going to think you're an idiot and you just can't breathe (laughs) and you start to sweat and and you shake. Like it is a whole different world. Well, as we get older, we're often told by well-meaning people sometimes that, oh, that's not something you can do. Mm. You're not good at it. Mm. And we begin to develop self-doubt in different ways. Mm. You know, society says you got to fit in this little hole over here. And, you know, I'm not a, a big proponent of that. I'm not a big proponent. It's Initially, this sounds kind of funny. I don't like thinking outside of the box. Mm. I like to change it to say there is no box. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But as we grow older, we box ourselves in. Mm. Right? And, and I again, I've done that, too. I learned because from being inside of the box and having to bust out and going, I ain't ever going back to that box again. Mm. Now, um, speaking of telling stories, uh, mm. you've also got uh, a, a recent book out, um, which is about falling down and getting up. Can you tell us about that? Well, it depends how you define recent. If you if you define it as universal time, or as you define it as uh, linear time, but my, my book "Falling Down, Getting Up" is actually the tenth anniversary of when it was released tomorrow. Wow! But it's still relevant. People are still buying it. Uh, it went to number one in, in ninety minutes when when we launched it. Uh, of course, and, and this is a thing with with Vince, uh, right back here, you can see it. Your guests may not be able to see it, but that's Jack Canfield right mm. there. Mm. So Jack was part of the launch. We had a list of about 700,000 people when we initially launched it. 
One of the interesting things about this book, and I'll tell you about the insides in, in a moment, but the outside of the book, Jack and I did some energy testing on it, mm. muscle testing on it to see how uh, people related to it. And we, we did it with about 20 different people um, individually and everyone except for one, 19 out of the 20 people had a positive muscle testing response to it. Wow. So, I mean, it, it was fascinating to have done that. Mm. Now, now the book is, and this is what I love so much about your show and listening to some of your other episodes, there's so much spirituality from what I hear. Mm. And this was my journey through hell mm. to find my connection to God and to higher power. Mm. And and I think that's um, where you and I uh, have that synergy is that, um, and you may have heard it if you've listened to the podcast, is that um, in my very first podcast I ever did many years ago, um, which was called The State of You, the first episode was my story. And um, basically um, through the development of that first episode, um, I was telling my story and all the things that went wrong in my life. And then I was like, wait a minute, who am I? Like what – what am I doing? You know? And I was, I got, I sat there and I listened to this message, like, why am I telling my story and all the things that have gone wrong? Why the hell would anybody want to know all that? And then I got this message that was, um, because the growth is in getting back up again. It's, it's yeah. not about the fall. It's about getting back up. And just right. like a trampoline, you can't get up without the down, right? So yeah. that was the message that came through. And it's kind of stuck with me ever since. And then, you know, when I saw your book title, I was like, oh, well, I have to talk to you. <laughs> Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. Yeah, and I look at it, there's a prayer that's been floating out there for a long time, and the prayer says, take away my difficulties at victory over them and bear witness to thy power, thy love, and their way of life. So, but before we can bear witness, we have to have those difficulties. Mm. Or we can't bear witness, mm. right? Yeah. So to speak. And it, it doesn't matter what your spiritual beliefs are. That's a very common idea, a very common principle within spirituality, whether it's a a personal connection or religious connection to go through those experiences gives us the power to share because like what I heard you talk about in your first episode, there's people out there that really connected with that and went, wow, I love Bindi's story. I am now going to do X, Y, Z. And some might go, oh yeah, okay, well, Bindi's story. Yeah, whatever. You know, and then someone would look at me and go, oh, I really like Michael's story. That's going to cause me to now do X, Y, Z. And then some people would look at my story and go, I don't like Michael's story. Mm. You know, so (laughs) each 
person's story is going to connect with different people. Mm. So now looking at your entrepreneurial life and, and, you know, you started, like you said, at the age of six selling pies from door to door. I can just see you a little six-year-old carrying around the pies. Um, but, um, you know, you also have done incredible work in the, in the yoga field, um, thousands and thousands of people you've impacted. How do you, how do you get that growth? Well, I started yoga in 1987. And it was, I had vascular disease Mm -hmm. and I had blocked arteries in both my legs. Wow. When I went to um, OHSU in Portland, I grew up in Oregon and in Portland, uh, Oregon Health Sciences University, the professor and assistant professor of vascular surgery said that they were going to have to cut off my right leg and part of my left leg. And I literally said, uh, you know, no effing way. <laughs> I used the full terminology at the time. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> no effing way. But they did some surgery on my legs. They restored some of my blood flow in my legs. I was 27 years old. No way. And they wanted to do more surgery. And I said no, and I left the hospital. So I signed out AMA against medical advice, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't really know, knew a little bit about spiritual principles and and healing and all that, but I didn't fully grasp it in any way, shape, or form at that time. And I showed up at a treatment center. Well, it wasn't a, it was a rehabilitation treatment center for, it was called Pritikin Longevity Center. It was really for, um, you know, elderly people more. I wasn't elderly, but I had an elderly disease at the time, Mm. right? And so where the doctors at OHSU told me when it hurts, don't walk, because I was on a cane, I could walk about 10 feet. So when I showed up at Pritikin, I was on a cane, walking about 10 feet, there on the boardwalk of Santa Monica from the Santa Monica Pier down south to Venice Beach, And they said, go out there on the boardwalk and walk. And when it hurts, walk more. And I said, well, why in the world would I want to do that? It hurts. And they said, yeah, but the pain kills the pain. Mm. It was the first time I had heard that terminology. I heard it later in yoga, too. But they said, what happens when you're walking? The reason you're in pain is because you're not getting enough blood Mm. in your legs said signals to your brain to build more blood vessels in your leg, collateral blood vessels. So by making those motions, you will start to build new blood vessels. So within two weeks, I went from walking 10 feet on a cane to walking two miles without a cane, perfectly normal. Wow. It happened that fast. Now, the yoga, my first yoga class was in in the basement of the Pritikin Longevity Center. And I liked it, and it was a little bit of stretching. It wasn't any uh, deeper in-depth yoga at the time. And uh, after I, w- I was there, I went there twice for two weeks to the uh, Pritikin Center. Then when I went back to Portland, I started doing yoga in one of the gyms, and I really liked it. But, you know, and I just thought, oh, wow, this is great. And I kept doing more and more and more of it. Mm. By the mid-90s, I was doing it virtually every day. By then, I was wearing a suit and tie 
for my work. I was doing a lot of finance work and I ended up making a lot of money in option trading. And I decided I was going to take a couple of years off and just focus on the yoga. Well, I took a couple of years off and I ended up in 1998 going to Los Angeles for this teacher training from this guy called Bikram. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's this guy that started the hot yoga stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was one of the first hundred teachers of Bikram and went to the training. And I didn't go to become a teacher at the time. I went to heal my body. I Mm. care less, Mm. but I still had pain in my body. Once again, within two weeks, my pain was gone. The rest of my pain was gone. And what did this crazy yogi guy from India say? Michael, pain kills the pain, poison kills the poison. So I heard that same thing that I'd heard, you know, 10 years earlier from the Pritikin Center, from mm. a doctor at the Pritikin Center. That's and I incredible. went, wow, isn't this interesting? And I ended up within about a week teaching, within a year, my first studio, got another studio. I was um, uh, very successful. And I had a lot of studio owners asking me to help them with their business and developed a coaching, business coaching, marketing coaching business to help bring new students into their studios as well. But yoga changed my life. And the, the principles behind yoga in so many different ways have helped guide what I do today. It helps guide my business. Um, you know, even the idea that you know, there's a, a structure within a yoga system and there's postures and, you know, there's subsystems and subsystems to those subsystems, right? And what really caused me, and it happened pretty quickly in my first studio, when I applied that idea to my business, you know, even, you know, like the breathing, the in and the out mm. is the cash flow, the in and mm. the out of the cash flow. And I started, you know, this idea that, the whole system I could apply in different ways in my business. And once I did that, literally overnight, my business changed. Wow. I've never heard it explained that way. That is incredible. <laughs> I can see how it just holistically all just falls into place for you um, with with the way that you do things. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, I know you've mentioned Vince a couple of times and, and, I think uh, the two of you have quite a, a few similarities, but one thing I want to ask you just from listening to you, um, you've been through some incredible experiences um, that most people would never go through in their life. Mm-hmm. If you have one piece of advice that you could share with people in all your wisdom, what would it be? <laughs> one piece of advice What's, what's coming to me right now is learning to connect with your nature. Because mm. I believe that nature teaches us everything that we need to learn. Mm. Whether it's, you know, being in first grade and doing show and tell, it's natural for us to want to talk, to share with others. Whether it's uh, connecting with spirit, it's a natural evolution to do so whether it's applying principles in our, in our business, you know, it's, 
it's based on nature. Think and Grow Rich, if you really listen to the book, Think and Grow Rich, and hear what, what is being said in the book, they talk about it being based on the principles of nature. So coming back to it again, I would say, learn to connect with your nature. Mm. Yeah, that pretty much sums everything up, doesn't it? Like <laughs> You can apply that principle to everything, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you you you're living proof. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was it, it hasn't been easy for mm. me to be where I am today. No, you, know? um, you 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 asked about the the book again. The book starts out 1971. I had a massive water skiing accident. Mm. Um, I ended up having 60 percent of my liver removed, 21 blood transfusions, collapsed lung, went into a coma. And when I went into a coma, I was in a coma for about 10 days. And before I came out of the coma, I had a near-death experience. And I was left my body and it was outside my body. And I was with a group of spirit. And it was the feeling I had was it was like the most loving experience that I'd ever had. And then when I was coming back to my body, I knew I was coming back to my body and I didn't want to come back. Mm. And I reached out and said, I'm not ready to go. And they said, it's not time for you yet. You need to go back. You're not done. And that's where I came back to my, my body. And shortly thereafter, I would say within minutes, within moments, is I started waking back up. Mm. And I developed a, a lot of anger, though. Within about a year or two, I was an angry young man, 13, 14 years old, angry I didn't want to be here. I felt like God had deserted me. Mm. You know, what does he know? You know, where some people have this immediate experience of uh, joyfulness and bring that back with them. Mm. I had some of that. And I, I was known as a kid that smiled when I was in the hospital. I had a you know smile from one side to the other. But I became angry and uh, started hanging out with the wrong people kids, so to speak, drinking mm. and smoking pot and doing all those things. Fast forward to my legs. And then I, a little bit after that, um, I got really drunk one night and I ended up in, in the hospital with some um, liver poisoning. And I ended up in, in the hospital and the next day I woke up and a friend came to me and he says, are you ready? Mm. And I knew what he meant. And I knew that I was ready. And I had a feeling, it was almost like a swoosh. I call it a swoosh. A swooshing feeling that came over me. And I knew that life that I had been living was over. Mm. It was over. So that was at 30 years old. So my journey really began on the spiritual side. Well, I can't really say on the spiritual side because the difficulties are, are spiritual as well. Mm. I didn't used to think so, but once I realized that those difficulties are there to help us help others, I realized that that was part of the plan, mm. right? But, you know, I'm 63 years old today. I wasn't supposed to live a couple of times. You know, they told me you're not going to live. Mm. And, you know, they told my parents when I was 12 years old, I wasn't going to live. And here I am alive. I haven't had a drink since 30 years old. I've written a couple of books. I've had this incredible journey and I feel more connected to nature 
and what I believe God is and my higher power than I ever have. Mm. And just your story, you know, and you sharing it the way that you do it is no doubt going to impact so many other people, uh, like like you've said. Um, and, yeah, all of those, uh, you know, road bumps, if we like to call them that, um, yeah. that, that came up for you um, and your determination through them and to see where you are now. Um, yeah. yeah, you were meant to be here. <laughs> Apparently, because I'm still here. Yeah. You know, they say one of the tests of, you know, whether your purpose is done on earth yet is if you're still here, you're not done. Mm, mm. Now the spirit didn't tell me how long I had to come back. I always thought I was going to live to 108. 108. So if that's the case, I got 45 years left. You got a bit of work to do, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least a lot of buttes to climb. Yeah. <laughs> now you've been telling me about um, the climbing that you do and where you live. You, you are in such a beautiful place to do it. Um, now elevation, uh, means quite a bit to you as well. And you, you do this every year, don't you? Tell us a bit about that. Are you talking about the, the run I do every year mm. from 7,500? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have a deep amount of gratitude for being alive and for having my legs and, you know, just, you know, I walk every day and, and every time I walk, it's just like, um, I call it awesomeness. Mm. I add the ness to the end, awesomeness or phenomenalness or incredibleness. Mm. And I like to celebrate that. You know, I like to celebrate that life. And one of the things that I discovered, a friend of mine was doing this race every year. And it's out in the desert, southeastern Oregon, in this mountain range. It's called the Steens Mountain. And it rises up out of the desert in southeast Oregon. And this race was started by one of the locals in the area, there's not that many people out there, but one of the locals in the area. And it starts at 7,700 feet and finishes at 9,800 feet. It's a 10K. They call it the toughest 10K in America. Wow. And you go out there. I remember the first time I, I did it, uh, there was a rancher guy, and I didn't know him. He pulls up in this big Ford truck with the horns on front, you know, this big super cab kind yep. of thing. And he's got his cowboy hat, and he he hops out, and, you know, it's all covered with dirt like a lot of the ranchers out there, right? Mm. And he peels off his clothes, and he's got his running shorts on. <laughs> and, and I went, this is funny. And I just I just went right up to him. I didn't know him. And a guy named Leon. And so there's all these rancher guys like this out in the desert that come and do this race. Wow. And I said, well, what's the deal? He says, I run in my ranch every day. And I, I couldn't believe it. But what the, the power of seeing all these people doing that and being able to, to do that race and to be able to have my legs and ending up at the top of this mountain, it's just like, it doesn't matter whether I'm first or last. You know, I've been first in my category a couple of times. I haven't been ever been first overall, which is fine. But just going out there and doing it, you know, it's it's like the picture, those sunset pictures of that guy on top of the mountain, you know, and he's yeah. like somehow, going, yay! <laughs> you know, that's the way that I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, you know, like to celebrate – uh, the the life that you've got and the legs that you've got 
Um, and yeah. so many of us just don't do that. We take it for granted, you know. And yeah. and like you said, you know, it's not about coming first. It's about getting there, you know. It's right. all part of the journey, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. I know I did um, years ago, I did a, a marathon and um, it was to, to raise money um, for domestic violence. And um, I didn't come first. I didn't come last. But I got across that finish line and that was all yeah. that mattered. Um, so, you know, I think that's a really good lesson for all of us in everything that we do is that doesn't, you don't have to be first. You just have to get there. Yeah. 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 Take the action. Mm, yeah. Imperfect action. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Consistent yeah. action is what it's all about. Yeah. Now, Michael, if people want to find out more about you or maybe even grab your books, where can they go? The best place right now to go is michaelbharris.com. Awesome. And there, there's a couple of different things that you will find there. And I'm going to give you one other place too. Uh, Michael B. Harris, and you go there. And if any of the listeners want to learn more about speaking or learning how to speak or getting their story out, you can. There's an opt-in there to um, Endless Stages. And there's a lot of free information, a lot of videos that anybody can use. There's no charge for it at all to just learn how to become a better speaker, whether they're a brand new speaker or whether they've been around for a while. And, you know, it's really about whether we're on a podcast or whether we're on a stage, it doesn't matter where we are, but it's learning how to relate our stories and get our stories out. Hmm. doesn't matter what the platform is. And then as far as getting the book, it's really, it's available any bookseller, Australia, the States, it, it doesn't matter where. But you can also go, and this is, you can't find this link on my website, but if somebody goes to Michael B. Harris forward slash book, B-O-O-K, they can download a free copy of the book. So michaelbharris.com, michaelbharris.com forward slash book. Awesome. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Now, I've got the last big question for you, Michael. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I'm going to kind of maybe semi-throw this back a little bit. You know, sometimes we get asked, what superpower do you want? And I thought about that and I thought about Superman or Batman or any of these people, right? Mm. And each one of them, you know, it's a hero's journey and they're fighting against the darkness in a way, right? What I would really like to see the change in the world being is going beyond that idea and to always live with inner peace. Mm. So if I were to have a superpower, it would be to have inner peace, right? Mm. So we're not fighting anymore against that darkness, right? Yeah. I mean, Superman's a great man, right? But he's always fighting against the dark. Mm. Again, incredible. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, have, I have asked hundreds of people that question, and I reckon that one takes the cake, Michael. Oh. That, that was amazing. <laughs> 
and like you know, like you say, fighting against that that darkness. Um, yeah, we we we've all got that superpower within us. What yeah. what we need is already within us. Yeah. Well, you you, you know the yin and the yang symbol. Mm. You know, there's most, and and I, including myself, I used to see it as two pieces, but you got the yin and the yang, and then you've got the connection between the two, right? Mm. So once we bring that connection together, there is no more darkness, mm. right? Yeah. You know, look, look at John Lennon and, you know, imagine, mm. you know, and Julian just recently for the first time sang that song in support of Ukraine. Yeah. Right? Because of the darkness in, in Ukraine. But when do we move beyond that point? Mm. Yep. Well, yeah. let's uh, all wish for that uh, inner peace. Um, Michael, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Welcome explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul and I'm your host, Claudia Monicelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.